Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. This is Greg Kiefer, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Mariana Kirsten from Del Monte. Welcome to the show, Mariana. Thanks, Greg. So, Mariana, maybe you could just tell everybody a little bit about what you do at Del Monte Foods and a little bit about your supply chain. Sure. So, my role at Del Monte Foods is Senior Manager of International Logistics, and in that role, I oversee all of Del Monte's global ocean shipments, and I do the procurement, logistics operations, and oversee freight payment, and also vendor management in a relationship with GT Nexus. So you've got a global supply chain, even though you're selling, I guess, canned foods to grocery stores, you're importing globally? Is that how it all works? We actually have manufacturing and packing that's done in the U.S., which is, to your point, a lot of vegetables, canning green beans, which is coming from the Midwest. I love Del Monte green beans for what it's worth. Thank you. They are very healthy. And actually, our company really is marketed and focused on being a health and wellness company. And so we do do vegetables, corn coming from the Pacific Northwest, tomatoes being canned into tomato paste and sauce in California, not too far from where I live. But in addition to that, Del Monte does import product. We import from the Philippines from the Del Monte Philippines, which actually owns Del Monte Foods. So they have the pineapple plantation. So we import from the Philippines. And we also import from China. And that's a lot of the fruit cups, which are very popular with both kids and adults. And we import from Europe and Latin American countries. Wow. So the company's probably evolved quite a bit over the recent times, right? Del Monte has gone through a lot of evolution. It at one time was a, a very large corporation that was spun off many years ago into separate entities. And for Del Monte in the last two and a half, three years, it's actually been a bit of a homecoming in terms of being acquired by Del Monte Philippines. But from a product standpoint, it very much is continuing to evolve in regards to its product and looking at the palate and taste of folks that want to eat healthy, eat healthy on the go, and have easy, affordable, accessible food. Right. Okay, so while this isn't a GT Nexus commercial, this is a technology podcast, and you do use that cloud platform to orchestrate a lot of the good flows that you're managing around the world. That's correct. So the GT Nexus platform is a key platform that we do use for our supplier management for purchase order ASN exchange. So that's utilized by our demand planning and sales. And then we also use it from a transportation management standpoint. We use it for procurement. So we use the procurement application for our annual bids. We then use the contract rate management to maintain and manage our rates. And we've implemented freight audit pay in GT Nexus. We've also implemented the booking and shipper instruction functionality. And we're currently in process of working through an implementation from freight audit pay into our ERP system, SAP, where we're really trying to fully optimize automating both the payment process, taking out the very time-consuming process of matching the invoices to the POs and also to facilitate a better accrual process for our finance and ultimately a quicker turn by our accounts payable to pay our suppliers. So we see that as wins on all points for our partners and internal resources. And being a very lean team 
it's really important that we automate as much as possible and being big believers in standardization and you know repeatable processes this fits really well in what we're trying to do. And it's interesting, I mean, we actually don't go into this level of detail often on the show about naming systems and stuff, which is kind of interesting here. But what's striking about what you just said is that you've got a, you know, a big established ERP system, SAP, which a lot of companies have, and you've kind of extended that into the cloud, which is GT Nexus, which is a cloud-based platform to kind of preserve that investment, right? I mean, you didn't want to throw out SAP, it's your operational system of record, correct? but you need to get that network in place to do what you do on a daily basis. Absolutely, and I think you know that's probably no different from many companies. You can't start with a clean slate and eliminate all of your different systems, but you need them to be able to have that interoperability exchange of data and where it's meaning the same thing so that you can get to that one truth, one reality with your data. It's interesting because, you know, obviously I've known you for a lot of years and you were one of the pioneers at your past job where, you know, you kind of moved into the cloud for supply chain and transportation management. And how have you seen, you know, technology evolve over the past, it's probably been 15 years, but how has technology evolved for you in supply chain? It's actually pretty amazing how far it's progressed. You know, if I look at, you know, even maybe five years ago, if you talk about data quality, And if you look at where the logistics service providers' data quality levels are today of ocean carriers and NVOs, the freight forwarders, and and it's amazing that, you know, they're all pretty close in the high 90 percentile. That wasn't the case five or six years ago where, you know, it really was a hard effort and a lot of work had to be done. And I think credit should be given to the service providers for doing the due diligence to improve their data quality. And I think also based on the fact that GT Nexus works as a collaborative community, and I think the work of the data quality teams at GTN plus active engagement by the shippers, the customers on the platform in the shipper council, really helping to drive and send a common message to their providers about what's acceptable and what's not, and that they're looking at that in an aggregate to understand how well companies were performing in terms of data quality because if we don't have the data quality, obviously the application is lovely but doesn't serve the purpose. Right, and yeah, for those of you listening to this podcast, the Shipper Council is a community. It's through GT Nexus. It's a group of people that all share a common business platform. Mariana, you actually lead that group right now, and this is something, data quality being one of the key topics of this group, and they have effectively moved data quality from when we started, I think it was in the 50, 60 percentile range, to the high 90s, and you can't run a business when six out of 10 times the data isn't there. And I think it's a value for, I think, getting folks also on the same page around data quality and focusing on the milestones and getting consistency because I think if you want the supplier community to best succeed at that, the more they get a constant, consistent message of what's important and it's standardized, the better they can work to that. I think when you have a lot of customization that's unique to different companies, that becomes very hard, obviously, to replicate and I think that really goes counter to what you're looking for. Right. So, I mean, if you're a mid-sized company, and you know, there's obviously massive companies that have multi-billion dollar IT budgets, and you guys probably don't. Can you share a little bit about 
how this is all possible without having a multi-billion dollar IT budget. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, the beauty of it for a mid-sized company. And we're a very lean team in my group. And I use the word group loosely. It's two people. But we're able to run, you know, a multi-million dollar transportation budget in international logistics. And I think that's because if you're able to standardize, automate, and you have a good application, one that's got the great adoption that it does, most of all the major carriers they're all using it. So everyone's familiar with it. So getting them on board it is very straightforward. So it's not a high intense cost to get up and running. And you're leveraging from something that's really fully baked. And you have the tools both on the community portal, tutorials, and the support of customer service and other avenues to get trained so that you can use it correctly and fully leverage all of the capabilities that it has in terms of reporting that you can get automated, that you can send to your internal users so that they have the information they need to see incoming shipments, planning, and also from a procurement process that you can do something and have the power of the analytics when you're really doing your bid process to have confidence in one the pricing that you are agreeing to and what your analytics is telling you is where your budget's going to be so that that adds a higher degree of integrity to what you're providing and committing to your company and I think that's huge and you're doing it in an easy relatively easy they're never painless but efficient manner that's something that would have taken you know hundreds of hours potentially right. if you're trying to do from a manual standpoint you can do with a small team and I think that's huge wow I mean great great insight I congratulate you on being an innovator I think a lot of companies fewer in the cloud few have hooked the cloud into their ERPs like you have and wow you've, I mean what you're able to do with just two people. I walk into my local grocery store and there's a lot of Del Monte canned fruit and vegetables on that shelf. So it's good to know you had your hands on that and it, it's flowing smoothly around the world. Well, thank you. So thanks for joining us, Mariana. This is Greg Kiefer, Supply Chain Radio, and we are signing off. Mm-hmm.